Are you stressed and filled with anxiety like I am? Maybe in a bit of pain from that car accident you had a few years ago? Well, the sponsor of today's episode, Hempville CBD, has us covered. They have the highest quality products created by chemists and doctors. Hempville carries everything from CBD to THC dispensary grade without those despicable dispensary prices. Order your Delta 8, 9, edibles, and vapes along with the THCA flower and get free shipping when you spend $50 or more at HempvilleCBD.com. Check out the link in the description for more details. Welcome to The Filmesteins, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we're breaking down the storytelling, the cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $5 tier will grant the ability to request films for future episodes. This is the Filmasteins, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. And welcome back to another episode of the Filmasteins. Thank you for tuning in today. I am joined today by my... Sinning friend, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> you can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of the Filmestine. Some recent episodes include None 2, Saw X, FNAF, The Exorcist Believer, When Evil Lurks, perhaps the greatest horror film of all time. Huh? Huh? Uh, up for debate. But today we are discussing a controversial film. Mel Gibson's 2004, The Passion of the Christ. Bet she didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect that, and I watched it. <laughs> uh, I've been curious about this movie for some time. It's you know, it's probably the most controversial movie to happen in our lifetime. I'm not totally sure why, even after watching and reading a little bit about it, but I am happy to report back and that this movie is not very good. It's extremely boring. It's graphic. It's got some really nice visuals. It's shot really weird, and it looks really cheap in a lot of places. Uh, I guess I don't want to forget it, but the costume and get-ups and stuff look a lot like, you know, your boys get together and you dress up and play Dungeons & Dragons or something like live or whatever yep larping or whatever it's called and it's it's just not good like it's like kind of impressive with the amount of people and the sets and stuff and it's very loud and ambitious in that way kind of game of thronesy but it looks it looks off everything looks a little off i don't like how anyone looks it uh, it's it's not a fun film from that angle with but it is graphically kind of interesting as far as the uh the violence that happens so but my sinning friend, how do you how do you feel about the passion of the Christ? Do you feel passionate? No. <laughs> this movie was boring. More boring than The Little Mermaid? I don't know. It's up there for sure. But this movie definitely lacked passion. Ah. ah. I I don't know though. I I do have something to say that maybe 
maybe a little interesting, maybe change that a little bit. Maybe. But where where was the love? Where was the hope? Where was all these things that religion claims to do for you? Where's the belief? I didn't get any of that from this movie. How is that like I don't I don't understand how it's supposed to feel for, you know, JC right here if I didn't get any passion. Yeah, did this movie f- not feel like the second of a trilogy? We have our Jesus set up, his whole thing. We have the Jesus, the, the the man turn on Jesus. And, you know, we have this big earned thing that we got from the first movie. And then the the uh, resurrection is the third movie. Yeah. Where's our trilogy? We got the middle movie. Yeah, we're, we we saw where Judas got paid for betraying. Yeah, like what? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? We're missing the betrayal. Yeah. What is going on? And I think typically the middle movies are always the low point in trilogies because there's there's your kind of character set up in the first movie, your big setup in the second movie, and then the big payoff in the third movie. And so there's this is where that build up really happens and we didn't get the build up for the build up. So there's like no payoff. Unless I guess you know the stories, but but cinemagraphically that it is a mess. Yes. For sure. That's a funny way of putting it. That's what I was thinking when we were watching it. I also did want to say that apparently Mel Gibson is controversial, I guess. I don't know anything about that shit. But apparently Mel Gibson wanted to have this film in the two languages that it was um, that it was in. Latin and Aramaic. Or yeah. And not subtitled. Which I thought would have been really interesting. But they... uh the producers were like, nah, we're not going down that route. God damn. <laughs> because he wanted the, the filmic storytelling to be the only storytelling, which I I think you have a hard time not appreciating, Ooh. but A, on you know, on some level, but A, that is probably the most pretentious thing you could do in filmmaking, something like that. That's So it's impressive on that level. It's like, damn, that's pretty pretentious. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that in my life because... Uh, that means you have total confidence in your, your the craft, time. yeah, of the yeah the, the the cinemagraphic craft of it all, right? Which is not good. <laughs> How you visually tell a story? I mean, that's that's just wild. That's wild. That's so that, that's kind of fun. Uh, at least from Emma Gibson's perspective, that's kind of a fun little thing. That I know he's a wild card or something. He uh he he's a pretty controversial figure in a variety of ways in Hollywood. And I don't really know or care why, but. All I know is he's excellent in signs. That's all that matters. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. I don't know if I would have kept watching this movie, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. And oh, it it wouldn't have made the money it made either. Oh, all right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen many uh, religion films or Jesus films. I don't know if there's a lot. I'm I'm assuming there are, especially early on in filmmaking yeah i I assume there is too but i imagine most of them don't reach this kind of zeitgeist or or production value i imagine most of them are pretty low-key and made on you know with donations of the the local church and made for you know super cheap kind of thing yeah i guess the closest i come is the veggie tales oh yeah of course of course they are probably the most famous religious telling uh on on a screen yeah. on tv which is 
you know what? No matter how you feel about God, he's got to find humor in that, right? That, that vegetables telling his tales are <laughs> the, the way the way we take them. Oh, that's today. hilarious. <laughs> how did you feel about our main actor? How did he portray Jesus? Was it was it good? I don't I don't know how I felt about him. I think there's something off about Jim, whatever his last name is that I can't pronounce. There's just something off about him. And he doesn't have a lot of dialogue here. So I can't I can't judge him on what he says. Mhm. And through most of the film he's in pain or covered in blood. So I also can't read a lot of his facial expressions. So it's just a hard film to like him in. But he didn't give me the moving story of Jesus's suffering. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're noticing the lack of the first movie. Yes. <laughs> with that. This felt like the first sequel. I couldn't get that out of my head. I was like, God damn. <laughs> that this is this is this is a mess. Like, this is a total mess. I'm only supposed to care for this guy because he is Jesus, just because of the name, just because he's, you know, infamous in the Bible, in religion. Everyone knows who he is. Whether you go to church or not, you know who Jesus Christ is. That's the only reason why I'm supposed to feel for him right now? No. Yeah. I'm sorry, but no. Manipulation. That's manipulation, is this preconceived thing where... They just expect you to empathize with it with no proper setup because they just don't have the cinematic storytelling chops. Manipulation at its finest. And I understand that he's getting the shit beat out of him. Uh, there, There's no way you can misunderstand that. It's gnarly. It's gnarly. It's fucking awesome. It's brutal. But I, I, needed, the, I needed the thing that made me suffer with him. Yeah. I needed the thing that made me love him so much that I appreciate, you know, the suffering. That I appreciate him taking this beating for us, for me, for humans. You 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 just can't do that based off of violence for violence sake. You you can't. I'm sorry, but you can't. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. There's almost there's almost an element of arrogance in I guess Mel Gibson to assume that we're just on his same page which i guess brings up the question that not everything is for everyone of course and this movie is definitely not for us i thought this movie is for us i thought this movie is for the non-believers or almost believers or on the edge believers to convert them that's yeah I, that's fair so this movie is right for us is it not i don't know supposedly, i don't know supposedly I mean, there was a lot of marketing for this movie. Okay. Supposedly, a lot of churches were selling merch, were selling cups, shirts, mugs with this movie on it and setting up booths and stuff in front of movie theaters so non-believers could ask questions. Oh, okay. So that was a big thing that happened with the release of this film. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I didn't get I didn't get the message. I didn't get the um the point, I guess. That's I mean that's a good point to bring up. What is the point of this movie? It feels like and I, I do know 
that there's a sequel in production. Still? Um, From 2004? I don't know if it's been in production that long, but okay. it's supposed to come out here in the next couple of years. Oh, okay. And that will cinematically answer some of our questions because it's... This is... Because it has to. <laughs> it has to. This is... This is a terrible, terrible way to start off, a, you know, a couple of movies. Like, it's just like, we're thrown into them kidnapping Jesus and beating him <laughs> up. For what? Because he's the king of Jews and he's like, no, my kingdom is not here. Then what are you getting beat <laughs> up for, Jesus? <laughs> I did read that most of what was said out of Jesus mm-hmm. was from the Bible, which is cool that they can kind of apply that to um you know something like a movie but again that reminds me of things like you know pick your random nostalgia driven movie where it's like oh i remember that oh i remember that car oh i remember that old dude i remember this and it's like you know you go through all these different little bits and the passion of the christ and you're like oh i know that quote oh i know that quote oh i know that quote it's just like oh no this is not happening this is not okay this is it's like a sermon brought to a cinematic screen, you know, it's like with, with no point. I'm sure sermons have more of a point. Like, you know, they have some kind of storytelling driven thing that's going on in the, the, the preacher's mind and everything. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just, (laughs) it's so like, it's almost like the feeling of like, I can't keep up, but there's nothing to keep up with. You know what I'm saying? There's like some weird kind of hand of emotions that I'm just not really able to, work out yeah you're not connecting yeah with them and then on top of that my frustration with this is the second movie of three i just couldn't get over that and then the lack of character of course sucks yeah it's just okay jesus is an easy sell okay he's we have preconceived notions about jesus he is the embodiment of love and forgiveness you know manipulative of course but it is an easy sell you know you of course you can prey on small little manipulation manipulative characters like that it makes your film have a smaller you know lowest common denominator of course but it can, it can work but there's just like wh- who the fuck is judas like we talked about luke peter john all these motherfuckers i don't know <laughs> i don't know who any of these people are i know you mentioned while watching it that it feels like a viking movie it feels like a a, a Greek movie or something like it's this, it's almost like this period piece dad movie. Yeah. Right. And I'll have to admit, I, in theory, like that because I like big historical kind of things brought to life. I think it's, I think it can be cool. I don't think it's very good very often, but. Yeah. In those films though, they look good at least. The story might be awful. The characters might be awful, but at least the set design looks fucking awesome, or the costumes look fucking awesome. And uh, Viking and Spartans and all those kinds of movies. I I don't know, but or you know the fighting scenes look awesome when someone mm, has to yeah. fight a lion or kill a bear or whatever. At least you have that going for you. But nothing happened here. Jesus didn't have anything. <laughs> Except, I guess, that he invented the uh, <laughs> the table, the high table, the bar table. The bar table. <laughs> that was a funny scene. Good for him. <laughs> All right. She's like, she's like, it's too tall. I'll never catch on. He's like, I'm going to make tall stools. 
It's like, damn, Jesus invented the bar stool. Nice. Right on. He brought us wine and bar stools. It also doesn't do a great job of explaining who these characters are, especially if the point of this movie is to convert people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, totally. We don't get any sense of relationship. We don't get any sense of um, like his followers. Yep. We don't get any sense of who either of these fucking Marys are. There's two Marys and good luck figuring yeah. them out. You know, I know there's two Marys in the Bible, but yeah. we have one Mary here by name. Okay, cool. And then, you know, we have Judas betray him, but do you even know he's supposed to be a disciple? I have no idea. I don't know. I guess that's where it's explained in the first movie, right? That we didn't see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was very confusing. And not to mention how they made... So I guess once you find out that Mary is his mom mary but she looks young she looks very young i don't know at what age she was supposedly she supposedly had him but she looks would you say like 10 years younger than him 10 years older yeah 10 years older than jesus yeah it's like damn that's she had him young she had him young i mean i know we had him young back then but damn also this might just be minor but another problem i had was with the costumes which i know you briefly mentioned they did look kind of silly they looked like this movie was made in the 50s with those costume choices and also jesus himself wasn't hairy enough he wasn't dirty enough okay he was covered in blood i'll give you that but did they shave him beforehand and it's not like he's you know blonde with thin hair this dude's got some thick hair thick beard Thick eyebrows. This man needs to be hairy as fuck. Mm, that's true. Even his legs weren't hairy. My legs were hairier than that when oh, I was shaved. I didn't even notice that. And he's naked. So I'm, I'm sorry. We, we notice. Because I think I noticed a little bit of his um, armpit hair when he was hanging. But I didn't think it was that much. But men with dark hair, men with thick hair typically have thick hair everywhere. So that was weird. That was weird to me. And I'm sure there weren't a lot of clothing options back then, but just something to the characters should have been added to differentiate them from one another. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not going to give us the first movie and introduce these characters in some meaningful way. They were all curly-haired, bearded men with garbs. Yeah, and I I kept asking you, which one's that one? Oh, I think that one's uh, Judas because he's seeing crazy people. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Got it. Speaking of, how'd you feel about that? Uh, That was probably the most interesting part of the movie where Judas was seeing little demonic thing, children things. That was was cool. That was pretty cool. And that brief devil? Yeah, the devil that kind of popped up. I think that was Satan. Well, the one that popped up when they were down there, when he was kind of hiding and they accidentally dropped jesus over the ledge and he's hanging and they have him on chains and something like pops out at you for like oh, a jump scare yeah that was weird yeah that what was, was cool. that i I don't i don't know that that's was... what i'm saying like that demon looking spirit i don't know i don't know what it was supposed to be yeah i mean maybe this movie would have done a little better if it was charged with a little bit more of a supernatural thing going mm-hmm. on because the whole christian thing is inherently a little supernatural 
which we get a little bit of with Satan walking about and he's got that baby at that one point and yeah it's it's but it's really like I don't know it's very it's silly it's silly yeah it's silly and not explained enough also another problem I had with this was where were the teachings of Jesus Christ wasn't he like this big teaching guy this big teacher said really wise things isn't that who he is we get a little bit of that in those flashbacks a little bit but that should have been the first movie again yes i didn't realize that his the accusations and his brief trial and stuff felt very like what socrates had to go through it felt i was just like i didn't know how similar Hmm. they were in in a in a political controversy way yeah, that almost makes it lose the magic that it could potentially have. It's like that oh shit moment where, you know, you find out Santa Claus isn't real or something. I saw some critical responses kind of commenting on Mel Gibson's liberal takings on the 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 story, the twelve hours before Jesus, and I feel like I don't I don't know what kind of liberties were taken i'm not too familiar but i feel like the bible is not a screenplay (laughs) what the story the passion i think is the book called within the bible is not a screenplay so we need these cinematic liberties to be taken by mel gibson to for things that make sense but it's one of these situations where i wish it was just completely maybe retold and almost totally allegorical maybe that we have just this we have this situation this character who we find out by the end of the movie is a representation of jesus and maybe so it maybe it can be maybe it can be really on the nose metaphorically and have the disciples can be representative of jesus actual actual disciples and stuff like that but i uh i think this movie was set up for cinematic failure from the get-go because of its it's a uh, trueness and trying to stay faithful. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. So I I don't know. It's it's a big miss on me. I'll say this yeah. movie is a huge huge miss on me. Yeah, for sure. And I know people really like to quote the Bible at you. They like to quote scripture. So maybe there's something there. To be or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Maybe he's secretly making fun of the people who quote. Is but Mel Gibson? I doubt it. He's he's Christian, right? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, is this movie secretly making fun of the you know Christian orthodoxy? If so, I think I would like it just a tad bit better. Huh. But I don't know, and especially the guy. I look. I I don't know anyone's name here. I don't know who they are, but. The main guy that was that wanted Jesus to die. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know his name. I'm calling him the male Karen because it's like he wanted Jesus to die no matter what he did, and he pushed and pushed and pushed until he got his way. He's like, I'm gonna sue you because I don't want you to win. So there was probably a little bit of humor there, maybe for me. Just how adamant this guy was. It was it was it was funny. And I guess that is a little bit of the point on how we're all sinners, blah blah blah. And 
there's some forgiveness that's supposed to happen here. And I didn't really get that. I didn't, well, I didn't really feel that. I got it because he said, you know, Jesus said, Father, please forgive them, like, way too many times. But I didn't feel that. The forgiveness, the compassion. There's just a lot of feeling missing here from the character. Totally. There, I mean, there should have been some kind of moment of resignation towards his the end of his crucifixion where he says that, Father, forgive them. Is that what he says? Yes. Where his followers, his disciples, all of a sudden kind of understand and then stand together and maybe bow their head or get on their knees and stop crying and kind of understand that this it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. that would have been good that would have been great actually we would have we still would have needed that first movie (laughs) but i can help you kind of fix this one a little bit you know what i'm saying that would have but they just cried and cried and cried it's like okay yeah you can't you can't cry for 12 hours that's not how you just that's not possible all right Dude, for real, she looked way too good to be crying for that long. <laughs> I know I've cried for, you know, several minutes and my pa- my face got poofy. Yeah. It got puffy. Poofy's not Yeah, poofy word. Poofy, puffy, whatever. Swollen. It was swollen. My eyes were swollen. They were hard to open. <laughs> my nose was stuffed. I sounded bad. I mean, she looked great for 12 hours. So maybe some more, you know, realness to this. Yeah. Yeah, you made the beatings of Jesus so graphic. Let's see some graphic emotion from the audience. Yeah. You know, we get some moments of, I don't really want to do this, or some kind of moments of resignation from the guards and stuff here and there, but, like, it's not, it doesn't amount to anything. No. It's just, like, it comes across like we didn't really know how to write a movie, and we didn't really know how to direct, maybe. I'm not too sure. I'm not really not too familiar with Mel Gibson's work other than signs, but I feel like it should be better, actually. I do too. And I know he said, and I quote, This is a movie about love, hope, faith, and forgiveness. Jesus died for all mankind, suffered for all of us. It's time to get back to the basic message. The world has gone nuts. I didn't get that. No whatsoever that was your message and i think that's one reason this movie was controversial in its time that it felt like it was just torture porn for jesus like we didn't i think people felt kind of similar the people who didn't just absolutely love this movie from the get-go felt kind of similar like what is the point we're just beating on jesus right now like that's seems off and it i mean i agree really but i also feel like there's some missing pieces here that weren't given to us like there should have been like the, that first movie <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean we need those pieces to feel bad for him we need those pieces so this doesn't feel like torture porn and it feels like suffering <laughs> leave your torture porn at uh saul exactly you know? even <laughs> even john kramer gives us a more reason to to feel for these guys in some way or another than they did for jesus christ How's John going to do that, but fucking Mel Gibson can't make us empathize with Jesus? Oh my gosh. I mean, you're not wrong. This movie was definitely missing a lot of pieces. Yeah. Although I did like the torture we got here. I liked that half his torso was all scaly and red and torn. I liked the 
when they hit him on the side and it just yanked pieces. Mm-hmm. When they nailed his hand to the cross. That was my favorite. <laughs> and it, you heard the crunch. It was awesome. It that was, was awesome. And those are... I mean, I feel like the, those those kinds of effects and getting those right angles and ma- getting the right reactions and stuff out of everybody, in th- those moments are the harder part than telling an effective story. Like, that, that this should have been, you know? Yes. They, they caught that in an amazing way. And, I but, mean, maybe that's Mel Gibson's strong point, but I don't... I don't yeah, but this is also where I should have been bawling. And I don't think this was an actor problem. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it was a direction problem. I think so too. But the end of the movie definitely makes you feel like you're going to get a sequel. And I love, I fucking love that when he stood up, he still had that hole in his hand. Yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was good. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And apparently it was nominated for at the 77th Academy Awards for best makeup cinematography and original score makeup i can get because that was pretty gnarly um markings on him that alone was yes you know it's pretty rare to see stuff like that cinematography i don't know about that that's we had some great shots and everything especially when he was on the cross but i don't know i felt like the cinematography was actually not very good there were some moments for sure like you said when he was on the cross when um they nailed his hand you could see some of the blood splatter off the nail that was pretty cool and when it started raining towards the end when he was about to die um when that first drop of rain hit like it was kind of like the scene and then the scene formed into a little raindrop and then it hit the ground and it looked like it was burning that was pretty cool but not the whole movie the whole movie wasn't shot like that that was just it that was it i named all of them yeah it must have been a week 2004 and original and the score was completely unremarkable it was it was good it was okay it was fitting that's that's it nothing stood out about it it was so i mean i guess it didn't match the boringness of the rest of the movie that's true but it was so just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not a Mel Gibson director fan, but it just felt like this is the greatest thing you'll ever see kind of score. Was Mel Gibson really known in 2004? Yes. This this was probably this I think this was the peak Mel Gibson. After this, he kind of fell to controversy. Okay, so, you know, Mel Gibson film, film about Jesus Christ. You had to nominate it. I mean, you you had to yeah, you had to nominate it. You had to put it up there. You had to praise it, or you're going to hell. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Coming from that angle, okay. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to hate you if you don't put the Jesus Christ so they're, movie. They're pandering. They're pandering, yes. Okay, that's okay. What, that's my viewpoint on this. Okay. What else? I guess I do want to mention, too, I wanted to ask you because I just remembered... Um, what did you think of those slow mo but not slow mo shots of almost everyone? Weren't they? I I was. I fuck. It's the same thing with the music. It's just like when I see that constantly. It's just like this is the greatest. I can just hear. I can. I can imagine a guy in a commercial. You know, with the voice. Yeah. I'm talking about the the, yes. the movie voice. 
and in trailers and shit, being like, "This is the greatest movie you'll see in your lifetime," and with that, with the slow mo hand touches and like looks and stuff, and but it's not actually slow mo, and you're just like, "What is this?" It's so that that alone probably would have made the movie ten percent better. Knocking like just move at a normal fucking speed, all right? Yeah, I was not there for that. I was not there for the faux slow-mo the faux slow-mo yes that's what that's a good way to call it yeah 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 was not there for that like why why are we focusing on this character for like two minutes straight of them doing nothing the movie probably would have been 20 minutes shorter <laughs> if we would have sped that up this character that i don't even know their name yeah is that is that luke paul john peter george <laughs> i don't know mary one mary two <laughs> i don't yeah they look five years difference in age i really i don't know all right man that's all i have well man thank you for watching this film with me you're welcome yeah. <laughs> and thank you for talking about it with me you're definitely welcome do you have a budget guess i do my budget guess was 15 million okay because there was not much going on here besides the costumes i hear you i hear you um there were some sets built out and everything, and lots of people. Yeah. That's true. There were lots of people. It says here it cost $30 million. $30 million? Yeah, I'm surprised. In 2004 especially, that's, I mean, that's probably a close to $50 million movie today with inflation, and that's how. I don't, I don't know. That's pretty wild. What did they spend the money on? The blood? They use real blood? Uh, <laughs> man. That's crazy. That's a crazy budget. Yeah. Yeah, like Bo's Afraid cost thirty million and Bo's Afraid's Massive. Like, yeah. Is it says here that it went on to make six hundred and twelve million dollars. It made an ass ton of money. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, over twenty times its budget. Wow. That's a crazy crazy amount i'm impressed yeah that's i mean that's pretty wild i i that's crazy i am how i I don't know that's well good job good job yeah good job that's why we rarely ever see from him because he uh i think he invested a lot of his own money in this i think i'm pretty sure and so that would explain why he's just gone off the grid and does his own thing Mm. he's very rich man all right can't can't say nothing about that. Good job. I guess after the sequel, we'll go ahead and make the prequel. Yes, please. So you know, maybe you can retroactively make this movie a little better, because some character development could can go a long way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, got this one out of the way. Yeah, quite quite a different watch. I've been that's wanting, for sure. I've been wanting to see this for a while, for a few years. But thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Filmistines. Hope you guys were entertained. Or mildly entertained. Yeah, however. We'll take it. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of the Filmistines on your favorite podcast provider, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash Filmistines. But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash And follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is The Film of Steins, signing off.